gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by a man who has definitely had a resurrection lately. It's Captain Tibbs. I feel completely rejuvenated, Sills, like all of the JWF. That is right, Tibbs, because last night was JWF Resurrection, our first pay-per-view of the Ignition Era. And, Tibbs, we had some amazing matches. We had that hellacious steel cage match between Scotty Moore and Momoa Curry for the JWF Championship. We saw that epic bar brawl between our tag champions, the War Wizards, and, of course, the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. And then, Tibbs, who could forget the finals of the best of the best tournament where we saw the Dylan overcome probably one of the most hellacious beatdowns we've ever seen in JWF history from the man known as Guy Fieri. Last night was a night for the champion, Sills. It was ironic because it was called Resurrection, but our two defending champions defended. But it was still fantastic. Wonderful matches all around, and it's interesting to see the Dylan as our new JWF Captain's Champion. That's right, and not just Captain's Champion, but also debuting that vicious Anaconda Vice Hold. I I mean, let's be honest. Guy Fieri, he is a resilient man. He can um, take it with the best of them, but the minute Dylan cinched in that Anaconda Vice, it was all over. I mean, Guy Fieri's face turned purple. Exactly, Sills. Not something that you'd think you'd see from the Dylan, but he's completely changed his entire moveset. Almost his entire demeanor has completely changed around with this, the new JWF. That is right, Tibbs, and the champ is in our ring right now. And I think he's got a message for the entire JWF locker room. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, come one, come all, and see the man whose strength is beyond bounds. Come and see the man of greatness beyond these parts, a technical spectacle known around the world. See, decades ago, back when wrestling was done in camps, traveling across this great nation, that is how they would... Bring in people to see some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. The wrestlers that this business was built upon before the glitz and glamour of Madison Square Gardens, the Cow Palace, the Sportatorium. There were just little camps full of little people watching great men like me. See, I'm still looking for another wrestler in this company. Another great man to try to face me and I find this company wanting I find it lacking and I am thus opening a challenge to everyone in the back come out here put yourself across from the last real wrestler in this company maybe in this business and see how you fare one on one Jabba, Jabba, duck, duck, duck. Oh my God, Tibbs! Tibbs, it's the Jabba Duck, one of the biggest names down in our developmental territory, JXT, coming down to the ring, and it looks like he is answering the Dylan's open challenge. It's a resurrection miracle. The tall man from the fourth nether plane himself, the Jabba Duck, the man who is 
absolutely terrifying. I am uncomfortable. That's right, Tibbs, and you can see Dylan almost looking a little bit unsure of himself, unsure of what he is looking at as he stares across the ring at this painted-faced, veritable demon of a man known as the Jebaduk. But Dylan issued the challenge. He's taken on all comers, and the Jeb has come. And the bell goes dinging. Oh, my God, Jebaduk with a shotgun splash just leveling the Dylan. And you can see Dylan rushing to the corner, and it almost looks like he's scared, Tibbs. Uh, the Jebaduk is not one for the faint of heart. He comes out just out of nowhere like this, and he's going to definitely knock you off your rocker. That is right, and you can see him bouncing off of the turnbuckle before landing a big splash to the Dylan in the corner. Jebaduk Elf like a house of fire hitting a beautiful big senton. Goes for an early pin. One, two. Ooh, Dylan kicking out at two. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. The Jebaduk, he has been impressive, but I think that early pin might have been a mistake for him. Well, the Jebaduk, he wants to make a big impression on this debut. Uh, he's got the look going for him. He's got this this veritable air of terror going around him, but he's got to back it up in the ring. I think that's what he's trying to do. That's right. You see Dylan powdering out to the outside, trying to catch a breather. But, oh, my God, Jeb not letting him. Going for that beautiful tope suicida. But, ooh, Dylan evading it, sending him into the announce table. And Jeb looks stunned, Tim. That was a horrible crash to the outside. Mm-hmm. It's going to definitely throw him for a loop. If Jebaduk wants to keep in this, he's going to have to come and bring it back around. That's right, but unfortunately, Dylan, now he sees he's got the Jebaduk rocked, grabbing him by the head and ooh, just tossing him into the barricade, shaking it with such force. I mean, he nearly toppled over that damn barricade. And now it looks like Dylan is not done grabbing Jeb, putting him against the ring post tips. It might be. He looks like he is aiming for that big boot that nearly ended the career of Blake Tanner. That skull-crushing big boot. But, oh, Jeb evades. And you can see Dylan's knee just collapsing as he sends his boot hurtling into that guardrail. And, Tibbs, I fear for what would have happened if the Jebaduk didn't get out in time. I don't know, Sills. The Jebaduk has a sixth sense. For things like this, it's almost like he can he knows exactly when the worst things are about to happen. It's he's got some kind of psychic strange power. He can also teleport. That's right. You can see Jeb seeking to capitalize on this, sending Dylan into the ring and locking him into that beautiful single-legged Boston Crab Mersling, tearing away at the cartilage of that knee. And you can see Dylan just frantically reaching for the ropes, trying his best to crawl to it, but Jeb not giving him any quarter. No, this is an interesting strategy on the part of the Jebaduk. Dylan has started to make his name for his technical style. For Jeb to put on a, a submission move like this, it's almost like he's trying to beat Dylan at his own game. That's right. You see Dylan finally making his way to the ropes. Our faithful referee Shibata being forced to pull Jeb away. But, oh, it allowed Dylan to rush behind him for a massive sling blade, just sending Jeb into the mat. And Dylan looks focused and ready, Tibbs. Picking up Jeb, sending him into that turnbuckle. Dylan rushes for a splash, but oh, Jeb with a massive STO out of the corner, sending the champion into the mat. And, and uh, uh, Tibbs, what in the world's he doing? Ah, uh, this is the uh, this is the walk, Sylves. This is the this is the the twisty. Uh, it's I I don't know. 
Yeah, you can see Jeb just contorting his entire body. He's going upside down, spider walking towards the Dylan, who looks like he has seen a ghost. But unfortunately, that also means one thing is Jeb picks him up, grabs him by the neck, getting ready for the Duke of World. But wait a minute! Dylan! Dylan reverses at the last minute, arm dragging Jeb into the map, but you can see he is maintaining control of that arm and he sets him in it. He locks him in. The Anaconda Vice! The Anaconda Vice is locked in. The Jevaduck is turning purple and he has been forced to tap out. But Tibbs, let me tell you something. It wasn't until after an epic battle from the man known as the Jevaduck Tibbs. Mm, very good, interesting strategy on the part of the Jebeduk. He really wanted to come in and make a big name, and I think he succeeded in showing us that he is a great contender, but it could not hold up against the rough, wild strategy of the Dylan, the calculating nature. He suckered him in, letting him put on that Duke of World hold before dragging his arm and then locking in that anaconda. That right, that vicious anaconda vice, that move that won him the championship, and that move that seems to be Dylan's bread and butter right now. I mean, he puts it on with such ferocity, Tibbs, that I'll be honest, I don't know if a man could escape it. Well, yeah, but it's, you know, it's not like this, it's not like a, it's not like the captain's hook. I don't know, Tibbs, I'll be honest, I think he could give the captain's hook a run for its money with that anaconda vice. Uh, you know what, Sills? Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But anyway, I wouldn't have it any other way with somebody holding my title. And with somebody as with such a beautiful submission as that. That is right, Tibbs. And speaking of people retaining their titles, I want to talk about that steel cage match last night between Momoa Curry and Scotty Moore, the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. And Tibbs, you kind of hit the nail on the head. When Momoa Curry came out, you said that Momoa had such hatred, such vitriol for Scotty Moore going into the this match. If he wasn't able to keep that down, if he wasn't able to stay focused, Momoa Curry would end up in a losing effort. And unfortunately, we saw exactly Exactly that. Slapping Scotty in the face, disrespecting him, which forced the champion to come back, hit that beautiful SMG, causing the champion, former champions, I'm sorry, to bleed all over the mat. And Scotty Moore said he was going to walk in and walk out, and he did exactly that. Opened the door to the cage, strolled right out. And Tibbs, you know Momoa Curry can't be happy about that result. No, Sills, so we'll never know what would happen if Momoa Curry had been able to go into that match with a cool head. But you saw it in the match last night. You saw Momoa Curry just passing up opportunity after opportunity to escape the cage in order to inflict more damage on Scotty Moore. And I think that that went to his discredit more than anything. It is what lost Momoa Curry the match. That is right. And Scotty Moore is coming to... He's coming to our ring. What do you mean he's not here? Hold on, hold, hold on one second, Tim. Greg, what do you mean? Greg, what do you mean? that Tibbs, okay, the champion's missing. What the hell? I, I told him to beat his call time. Was it four? I don't know, but... Oh, wait, look up there on the Titantron right now. It appears that our camera crew has found Scotty Moore, and he is just getting all kinds of liquored up at a bar. Is that a tilted kilt? It looks like he is hanging out at the Tilted Kilts. Scotty, Scotty, can you hear us? Here, let me just sign that for you right there. Wait, hold on. What? Oh, another drink? Another one. Oh, Damien. No, no, no. You're too kind. Oh, you guys are too much. Ah, 
What the hell are you doing, Scotty? You're supposed to be in this arena. What? What? Oh, yeah. Uh, girls, girls, just take a minute. The champ champion's got to handle some business here. What's going on, guys? What are you doing out there? You're supposed to be in this ring giving a promo. This is what I pay you for. Oh, I'm sorry, Tibbs. I'm, I'm so sorry. I just figured that your champion deserved a night off. Am I right? I mean, after all, did you see what I did to Momoa Curry last night? The man could barely walk out of the arena. He was a broken, beaten man. And I provided proof to anyone who's ever doubted that Momoa Curry was a god. I gave them evidence right there that he is just a man. You see, at JWF Resurrection, I put in a month's worth of work in just a few minutes. So it seems to me... Did I deserve a night off? Well, Scotty, to be fair, a champion needs to be ready to defend his title whenever and wherever. If you're not at the arena, how do you expect to defend that title? Defend the title? Against who? A answer me that, Sills, because I don't know of a single man in that locker room who's got the balls to face off against me after what I did at Resurrection. And I'm sorry, but I'm not here to make the same mistakes that my predecessors have with this title. You see, they like to come out and say that they were a fighting champion, taking on whoever wanted to face it. Well, to me, that's just bad battle strategy. That's going to lead to months of me facing worthless individuals who never earned their spot, trying to take mine from me. You see, that's going to wear down my body to a point where some worthless idiot could take my spot without even getting a real fight from the champ. It happened to Blake Tanner. It happened to the Dillon. It happened to tons of champions in the past. They fought so hard for so long that while their pride kept going, their bodies gave up. Well, Scotty Moore ain't going to do that. Scotty Moore is preparing for a long and prosperous reign with the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. So I'm going to do what a champion does, and that's rest up and wait for the right competitor to come along. You see that key word right there? The right competitor. Because right now, I'm at the top of the mountain here in the JWF, and no one is even close to reaching the summit. So I think we need to change your verbiage over there because I am ready and willing to defend this title whenever, wherever, but only if the right man steps up. So... I'd recommend getting your boys ready for a real fight, because I certainly will be. And until that day, I'm going to sit here, enjoy my bourbon, and have some well-deserved R&R. Bye, guys. Wait, hold on. Scotty, no, you're supposed to... Uh, Tibbs, what are we going to do with this guy? I hate dealing with divas. Well... Only thing I can think of, Sills, is you gotta send some people up the mountain. All right, Tibbs, and maybe we could do that in our next match. A uh, match that, uh, Tibbs, I'll be honest, you've kind of flipped the script here. Sometimes when you have two big grudge matches go off at a pay-per-view, you like to blow it off by having the two 
quote-unquote good guys face off against the two quote-unquote bad guys. But right here, you flip the entire script, having rivals team with rivals as the Hammer Man teams up with the man known as the Rising Sun, Fomosan, to take on Blake Tanner and Hollywood Hulcher. And Tibbs, I'll be honest, I gotta give the edge to Blake and Hollywood. I mean, back in JXT, they worked together. They were a big team down there in JXT, and I don't think Hammerman and Fomosan are gonna have the same uh, the same connection that these two have. You know, Sills, that's interesting for you to say, because I'm thinking the opposite. I think Hammerman and Fomosan, last night, they beat each other senseless to the point where they earned each other's respect. And there's something that you can't deal with in the ring. There's something that you just can't fabricate with years of training with each other, and that is respect. Tibbs, you're just saying it because the Hammerman's on that team, aren't you? You know what? Sometimes I like to hedge my bets, and other times I just like the fucking Hammerman. Okay, well then, Tibbs, you get to hear that bell go and ring, and oh, Blake Tanner tagging himself in, reaching over and getting that blind tag on Hollywood Hulcher. Well, I don't know if that's that's not starting off well for those two men, but oh, Blake Tanner immediately walks into a heel kick from the Hammer Man. And Tibbs, let me tell you something, we know the long and storied history between Blake Tanner and the Hammer Man, and this is just another chapter in that rivalry as Blake takes control, grabbing Hammer Man in an arm twister, backing him up to the rope, but ooh, FOMO with a blind tag. Hammerman getting shot off into the ropes, Blake giving chase, but ooh, eats a big clothesline from FOMO to put him down. You can see FOMO dragging Blake into back into his corner, tagging in the Hammerman, both of them with a beautiful tandem gut buster on the JWS first triple crown champion in Tibbs. I gotta be honest, I, I'm rarely wrong, but in this case, it seems like FOMO-san and the Hammerman, they are working very well together in that ring. These two, they have some kind of synergy. They're, they're actually trying to work together, Sills. Whereas Blake Tanner, Hollywood Hulcher, there's so much animosity that I don't think those two could ever work together a day in their lives. That's right. You see Blake just trying his best to crawl towards his corner, but Hammerman just long grabbing him by the leg, trying to put him in the, the figure four hammer lock. Hammerman trying his best, but Blake rushing towards those ropes before Hammerman can lock it in. But oh, it looks like Blake Tanner trying to crawl to the outside, but Hammerman just dragging him back in. But oh, Blake stands and hits him with a big enziguri. Both men just crawling down to the ring. And oh, a beautiful double tag brings in Hollywood Hulcher, brings in Fomosan. And both of these men are going to be going after each other like a ball of fire, Tibbs. Yes, both of these men have fought each other in JXT before. And I bet they were ready and raring to get another chance to go at each other. That's right, an epic feud between Hollywood Hulcher and Fomosan over the JXT BS Championship. These two know each other so well, and oh, Hollywood Hulcher levels FOMO with a big clothesline. Hulcher trying to end it early as he backs up and nails FOMO with that super kick, but Tim's FOMO stays up. Hulcher with a second, and FOMO wants more. FOMO wants more. A chop from FOMO. Kick from Hulcher. These two men going back and forth. The crowd's going crazy, Tibbs. Yes. They, not, neither of these two bulwarks want to go down. Neither of them want to surrender to the other. This is what makes for great TV. That's right, FOMO with a big forearm sends Hollywood Hulcher into the ropes, but ooh, Hulcher bounces back with that massive Skyliner, that big lar leg lariat takes him down, Tibbs. 
And now, oh, now Tibbs, it looks like he is trying to finish things off. He's getting ready to take Fomos on to the Hollywood Hills. But, oh, Hammerman with a big double axe handle quickly stops Holcher at the pass. But you can see Blake Tanner coming in to cut him off. And now we have got an absolute brawl in this ring, Tibbs. All four men just going at it. Ah, this is the kind of cluster that I wanted to see. I just want to see some chaos and anything with all these four men. All these four men who have been fighting each other for weeks. This is the chaos that you want to see. That's right. You see Blake trying to bring things back to normalcy, grabbing the hammer man, tossing him into the ring. And now he turns around and, oh my God, Holcher. Holter, it's a Skyliner on Blake. He was aiming for Fomosan, but Fomo ducked out of the way and he's accidentally taken down his own tag team partner, Tibbs. Oh, can't be much love lost between there, but that's not going to be good for your standings in the match. That's right. You see Blake being forced to roll out of the ring after that vicious Skyliner, the move that nearly beat Blake Tanner at Resurrection. And now, wait a minute, FOMO! FOMO's grabbed him out of midair! Holcher tried for another Skyliner, but FOMO reverses it into a big power bomb. And you can see the Hammerman making his way back up to the apron, getting tagged in by FOMO, but FOMO stays in the ring. And it looks like they're aiming for something big as FOMO grabs Holcher by the waist, flips him over into that beautiful Rising Sun suplex, and the Hammerman sails through the air to finish it off with the Hammer Leg Drop. Beautiful tandem move from these two competitors. Hammerman just falls into that pin. One, two, three, and Tim's. I, like I said, I hate to say when I am wrong, but I was wrong because these two men have come together tonight and dominated the team of Blake Tanner and Hollywood Holcher. Poetry and motion, Sills. Sometimes, yet listen, here's a secret for the business. You take two people that never, could never, you'd never see them together in any other place, anywhere in the world. You put them together in a tag team, and sometimes you get magic. Just like that. That is right, Tibbs. An absolutely epic encounter between these two men. And of course, let's not forget that other epic encounter. We talked about it earlier tonight, but when Guy Fieri stood toe-to-toe with the Dylan and Tibbs, let's be honest, Guy Fieri pulled out just about everything out of his playbook. He hit the vicious food fight maneuver down onto some steel steps. He punched Dylan in the face, jacking the jaw with that knockout punch so many times that we thought that Dylan wasn't going to be able to get back up until that Anaconda Vice provided his salvation at the end of the match. Uh, last night it was another case of always a bridesmaid for old Guy Fieri. He has almost made it to the top of every tournament that he's ever been in, in this business. But he's never seemed to be able to clinch the deal at the very end. Something has always stopped him. That is right, Tibbs. And we have got Guy Fieri backstage with one of our top interviewers to hear how he reacted to his failure to win the Best of the Best tournament. Let's have a listen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Honeypot McGiggleboy here. And I am here with a man who was unsuccessful in the best of the best tournament last night at Resurrection. Guy Vier. Guy, we all know how much that match meant to you. And I'm sure it's been eating away at you since that devastating defeat. How have you been doing since losing the Captain's Championship? Same story, different day, Honeypot. Same story, different day. Same story, different day fucking day. 
It appears to me that I guess it just doesn't matter what I do in this company. I'll always end up second best. I'll always end up having to see the chosen ones get what's coming to them. I mean, tell me this. Tell me this. How is it that a month ago, guys like Scotty Moore and the Dylan were feuding on the undercard at Wrestlepalooza, and now just a short month later, they both stand together in this company as champions? How is it that these guys, these idiots, get rocketed to the top of their field without anyone batting an eyelash? If Blake Tanner wants a title shot, Blake Tanner gets a title shot. If Momoa Curry wants to fight for the title, Momoa Curry's gonna fight for the title. But as for Guy Fieri, I get mocked whenever I get thrown into a title match. I get treated like the underdog. Like I don't deserve to be standing there amongst people like the Hammerman or Momoa Curry. You see, people seem to forget that I've been here just as long as any of them. People want to talk about the first ever JWF pay-per-view. Oh, that's where we saw the Dylan win the JWF championship. That's where we saw Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore retain the tag championships. That's also the pay-per-view where I was fighting for championships. The very first Summerfest, I won championship gold. My name has been synonymous with gold ever since I arrived in this company, but yet people seem to forget that. In lieu of people like Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, Momoa Curry, it doesn't matter because I am the king of Flavortown. And I think it's about time that the king goes back to doing what he does best. And that's claiming what he deserves, going after what he needs, and becoming a champion once again. Because let me tell you something right now, honeypot, Guy Fieri is hungry. And when Guy Fieri is hungry, the king of Flavortown will eat. Well, Tim, strong words there from Guy Fieri, and it sounds like he has got some epic plans for the future. And Tim, if I was any of those men back in the locker room that he was naming, I'd be afraid. Yeah. You know what, Sills? I haven't seen this kind of fire from Guy Fieri in a long time. This might be what he needs to push him over the top and to finally get the championship that I think he might rightfully deserve. That is right, Tibbs, and it might happen at our next pay-per-view, JWF Cash in the Bag, one of our premier pay-per-views here on JWF Monday Night Ignition. I mean, let's not forget some of the great Mr. Cash in the Bags we've had in the past. Scotty Moore cashing in at Wrestlepalooza this year. Brunch Boy Baron. I mean, uh, Griffin Clouds. We've had some amazing men get that briefcase and cash in to become JWF World Heavyweight Champion. And speaking of cash in the bag, well, <laughs> I've got an announcement for next month's cash in the bag pay-per-view that I think everyone's going to enjoy. All right. Well, Captain Tibbs is heading to the ring right now, and it sounds like he has a message. And it, oh, it looks like the uh, War Wizards, our JWF Tag Team Champions, are coming out to join him as well. Here's, let's go to the ring and find out what the War Wizards have to do with whatever this announcement is from Captain Tibbs. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen... I hope you're having a fantastic night here at JWF Monday Night Ignition. We are a mere month away from one of our biggest pay-per-views of the year, Cash in the Bag, a show that features our Cash in the Bag match. Six superstars fight through blood, sweat, 
tears and hell in order to earn the right to call themselves Mr. Cash in the Bag. And this year, that match is going to be stacked with talent. Men like Hollywood Hulcher and Blake Tanner to a, to a team that has succeeded earlier tonight. In fact, over those two men I just mentioned, FOMO-san and the Hammerman. But not only that, we're going to give some opportunity to some men that rarely get screen time here in the JWF in the form of AJ Steele and better people like Funky Flossy. But that is not all. As you can see, I am now flanked by the JWF Tag Team Champions, the War Wizards. It's great to have you boys out here tonight. I'm glad you could join me in the ring because this year I'm going to announce that we are going to have the first ever Tag Team Cash in the Bag match. That is right, everybody. No one will be safe from the briefcase after this year's pay-per-view. And if you boys don't mind, I'd like to invite out the three teams that will be competing in that epic match. The VWO, Bananas in Pajamas, and a team I know the War Wizards, well, you two know all too well at this point already. The Wild-Eyed Southern Boys. These three are going to put on the competition of a lifetime when they go after that briefcase and when they come... What? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is some unfamiliar music to my ears, but... Oh, my God, coming out on the stage right now, they are two of the biggest names in JXT. It is Titan and the Bone Crusher. They certainly don't seem to have the same look that they had in JXT, but they are staring down the War Wizards in this ring. They are stoic. They are frightening. They are dominant men in JXT, and it looks like they have their sights set on the War Wizards tag team titles. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, boys. You know JXT isn't going to be taping here until tomorrow. Did, did I mess the schedules up again? If I did, that's all on me. I'm sorry about that. I, I'm not exactly sure what you'd be coming out here for otherwise. Uh, no, you're, you, you can't be thinking you're going to challenge for this match. I'm sorry, the card is already set. The match is full. Maybe you come out here and prove yourselves you can get a shot at the briefcase next year. Oh, they don't want the briefcase. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen at home, that's that's Lawrence Whitney, the former manager of the War Wizards, the man who led the War Wizards to, to fame in JXT. He he's coming out and it looks like he's aligned himself with Titan and Bone Crusher. What the hell? They want the titles. And unfortunately for those two has-beens in the ring. They've got the greatest mind in the professional wrestling business behind them. They've got the man that knows the War Wizards playbook in and out. They've got Lawrence Whitney. Who? Me! Me, you blathering idiot! They've got me. You see, old Bone Boy and Titan here have always had... Uh, let's call it a bit of a branding problem down in JXT. I mean, they've been 
your classic white meat baby face. They've been evil demons, but at the end of the day, they've never had someone who's allowed them to be who they truly are. Because no one could see the forest for the trees. They could never see that these are two bona fide monsters behind me. These are two men that, when properly managed, could destroy this entire company and remake it in their image. They are two men that bring devastation and destruction in their wake. They are the Blockbusters! And they are coming straight for the JWF tag titles. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, Tibbs, welcome back to the announce table. And it, it looks like we've got a, a new team here at JWF. The self-proclaimed blockbusters Titan and Bone Crusher coming out. And I think the biggest surprise is the fact that they're managed by Lawrence Whitney, the former manager of the War Wizards. Oh, so that's who he is. I had no idea who that guy was. I thought he just came out with Titan Towers all smug and everything. And I, Okay, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Okay, T Tibbs, I do need to stop you. They are no longer Titan Towers. They are no longer Trace Spooky Boys. They have apparently become the Blockbusters. These two dominant men coming out. And Tibbs, let me tell you something. If they get their hands on the War Wizards, they may be the ones to take those titles away because at the end of the day, like Lawrence said, Lawrence knows the War Wizards better than anybody in this company. He's rode the roads with them up and down. He can give exclusive intel to the Blockbusters on how to defeat them. And Tibbs, I don't think that spells good things for our tag team champions. You know, Sills, I don't know what the hell's going on down in JXT half the time, so I'm, I'm just going to say, I knew these two men when they were competing. I know that they can be a sizable threat, but if they are finally a cohesive unit under one manager, that could be something that could bring a real threat to the War Wizards. That is right, Tibbs. It is going to be an absolutely epic clash if these four ever get into a ring. But of course, next week on this show, we are going to have an epic clash when two of those teams that you announced for the Tag Team Cash in the Bag match face off as the VWL face off against Bananas in Pajamas and Tips. We know these two teams have had some epic matches in the past feuding over the JWF tag titles, and that is going to be an absolutely can't-miss match. And also, in addition to that, we have confirmed Scotty Moore will be in the arena next week, and what the hell he decides to do is up to anyone's interpretation. Oh, this is going to be a long title reign, Sills. That's right, and we are also going to hear from the War Wizards responding to this shocking debut from the Blockbusters. But until then, remember to support JWF Monday Night Ignition by donating to our official Patreon. Patreon.com slash a load of BS supports our mother network the BS Network, and all those funds come straight to us, and if you donate, you may end up as one of the people in our developmental territory. If you've ever wanted to wrestle, donate, and we will bring you in. We'll give you a job, and you could become a champion. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Donate! Watch the show! Listen to us every week as we pour our voices into your ear holes and give you the best wrestling you deserve! 
That's right. Pick up your merch for all your favorite JWF superstars at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. We got shirts for JWF superstars, for JXT superstars. We've got some amazing stuff waiting for you over at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. But until next time, he's been Captain Tibbs. I've been Silver Spoon. This has been JWF Monday Night Ignition, and we will see you next time.